If you're offended by crude humor, foul language, or dodgy decision-making, Rolf is Stupid might not be for you. Welcome back to Rolf is Stupid, a not-so-serious D&D podcast where a bunch of mates head into the Feywild to find their missing personal items and to solve the disappearance of the Archfey Zabilna. I'm Chris, your DM, and no time for bloody fun facts this week. Let's just get straight into a recap, right? Last time, the stupid crew spent time at the pub, mingling with the patrons of the inn at the end of the road. You gathered information about Sue, learning that her tavern and staff possess the ability to traverse through the mists. Sue also known as the Fairy Woman of Prismia, warned you about the complexities of the Feywild, emphasizing the taboo of killing. You had a chat with Bavlorna's beast hunter, Toasted Cheese, which revealed he had a strong interest in Edrelin. Jester not so subtly suggested the idea of taking over the beast hunter's role, which sparked a rivalry between them. And after some card games, chats with the bullywogs, and crashing a date between two horny elves, you rested at the inn, which conveniently transported you closer to Slanty Tower while you slept. As you left the inn, you suddenly realized you forgot love darts, and after a moment of panic, you were relieved to find Jeff, who you definitely didn't forget about riding love darts slowly towards you guys. Yeah, and this is where we pick up. Cool. Um, so you'll jump onto Love Darts back. Stunzi, are you chucking the saddle on Love Darts? Saddle. Oh, yes. Yeah, awesome. make a bit more of a comfy ride. Yeah, so it's so comfy now. As you put on Love Dart, it expands to one giant saddle that now all of you can sit on. Even Edgelin can appreciate sitting on this snail instead of always flying next to it. Nice. I assume okay. you head towards Slanty Tower. Slanty Tower. Slanty Tower. Yep. All right. You nice. make the slow journey down to Slanty Tower, eventually arriving at the familiar tower. You enter and greet Almine. He's like, how are you going? Did you find my thumbs? Yes, we did. We did. You did? Really? Now, what was our deal with him? Uh, Felix made a pact to That's um, right. yep. get the thumbs back in exchange for freeing Jeff, I believe. In exchange for us taking Jeff? Yeah. He didn't even have the key to free him anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Cool. Well, yeah, we'll reach into the bag, collect his thumbs. Yeah, you fumble around, um, find where Felix is and pull out the thumbs. And with eagerness, Elmar grabs his thumbs and in a burst of light, magic swirls around the humanoid spider. His exoskeleton transforms into an orange-skinned hobgoblin with dark brown and graying hair. His limbs contort into two legs while his large bug eyes condense into a wise frown. Elmar smiles widely. He quickly embraces you, Stunzi, very tightly and overcome with joy. And as he releases you, uh, his loyal dog, Wova, leaps into his arms and they are both cuddling each other as Wova now looks like an impressive mastiff and is free from its curse as well. And they are just overwhelmed with joy and loving each other, not in a gross way, but they're just very happy and relieved that the curse is done and Alma smiles at you, grinning from ear to ear. Uh, say, Huzzah! Keep it. They say, Aww. hey, hey, you're welcome. Keep it PG, boys. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you said not in a gross way, and so I'm making sure they're keeping their love for each other PG. Oh, you're oh. enforcing the, the PG rule. <laughs> it's a it's a man and his dog. He's best friend. Come on, boys. Yeah, it's not gay if it's your dog. That's right. <laughs> God. <laughs> it's <Yes>. your dog. <laughs> Thanks for doubling down. Oh, that's what he says. That's how it goes. That, Tim's obviously never seen quote. the movie. Yeah. yeah. I'm getting this back on track because I don't want to talk about dog sex. Uh. <laughs> um, 
What? He finds Amira, checks out his face, and is just overwhelmed. He's like, oh, boys, I can't thank you enough. I'm, uh, I'm overwhelmed with joy. Thank you. Yeah. You're very welcome. <laughs> welcome. Now Where did watch... you find him? Did you go to Babylonia? Did she give him to you? Nah. She may have already used them. Ugh. So is your pact done with Felix now? Oh, yeah, definitely. If Felix was here, he would have felt the relief of the pact being done. The old Bav up there, she's a mole. She stitched to mind to some weird animal thing and sent it down to the wild to kill people. Sounds a bit dank. Had to go to the Watcher. I'll, I'll retail the whole story to him. And then, and then we got your thumbs back, and then we came down here. Oh, that was a bloody wild ride. That'd make a great movie or a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> he swiftly uh, gets up after having around for an hour or so, retelling the story and rabbit stew and all that. Listen, fellas, uh, you're welcome to stay at my home for a bit, but I've got to go and see my people. I left them a long, 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 long time ago. I heard I'm a granddad. I want to go meet my grandson. Where's your people? Uh, the hobgoblins. They live in yep. settlements. Which settlement are you, are you part of? Not the one with the Benland. witch? Oh, yeah, we went there. I told you part of that. That was part of our story. Oh, you did. I specifically said we went to Fenland. <laughs> yeah, and you would have told me about Erdog and Fantasy Pants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fantasy oh, that's Pants my grandson. Grandkid. Yeah, see, we told, we talked about this. Oh, fuck. That just makes me <laughs> more excited. He quickly starts packing up his shit and he just rushes out the door. So you would have told him where, where the tent settlement was and everything. Yeah, he knows exactly where they are. He says, you're welcome to stay at Slaney Tower as long as you want. And he just Ooh. pisses off. So Good luck. with that Thanks. in mind, I go to the bookshelf and I assume I've read my current book, which I can't remember what it was. Uh, it's about um, the Watcher. Oh, I should have read that earlier. Um, but I swap it for the book on um, the sort of irrigations and uh, water management. I was wondering if you fucking remembered that. Great call, Timbo. <laughs> yeah, that, that's handy right about now. I remember regretting it. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't a book. It was a bunch of notes about the O-Wells. Is that what you're talking about? Uh, yeah. If that's what's going to help me in this situation, yes, then yes, it's exactly what I was talking that's about. That's what you were talking about. All right. You go through and read those documents all again. And give me another intelligence check oh, with advantage. Yeah. It's not trying to be a strong suit. Even with advantage, you got a two. Oh, I got a two and a flat zero <laughs> with my minus one to intelligence. That's bad, Rowling. I'm a fucking dumbass. So I'm just going to give it to you because you remembered. I, I want to report that. So you study through these documents closely and you've come across the one thing that you remembered. Uh, you see that Elmar has written down that the Owell closest to the large tree stump, the Brigand's Tollway, connects to the tree's trunk via a natural tunnel. Ooh. Mm. Um, it also says that this uh, Owell, it, it's active, so it does splurt out water and whatnot. Everyone give me a history check. Nat 20. <laughs> oh, fuck. We'll just use Jester's Nat 20. So, Jester, you recall the first time you were here, you came across a decanter. It's called the decanter of endless water. You can use your action to remove the stopper and speak the command word geyser. Uh, can be used to cure an O-Well for 24 hours, purifying its water and preventing the level from fluctuating. I, I remember all this, but I do not tell the group because then it means we've got a shortcut around the rabbit infestation. <laughs> uh, I just, I remember it all, but I just like, yeah, I ain't telling them that. <laughs> Great. 
I love that you're sticking to your character. That's brilliant. <laughs> I can say to him, we got that decanter thing. Do we have it? We it's have access to it. We can't steal. Oh, well, you can swap out for it. Like I did with the shit book for this information. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Offer four trinkets. Yeah, sweet. I'll do two. Let's do two. We're done. Done. Four trinkets. We're leaving a note. It's a note, sorry. It says send nudes. <laughs> It says we're just borrowing it says um, we need access to it. We will try and return it when we're finished with it. Excellent. P.S. Send nudes. <laughs> Where would you like to go? I guess I know enough that the nose are referring to that oh well. I guess we're heading up north to that oh well. Oh well. Let's do it. You're heading to the OL that has the it's secret passageway. Cool. Yeah. Um, you're not going to come across any random encounters along your way. It's a long trek for snails on the bay. It takes you a good chunk of the day to get up here. I think you mean love that. Oh, that's cool. the wrong one. You make it to the edge of Brigand's Tollway. The OL is within the Herringon's area. And as you're approaching all these like rickety, uh, wooden planks that are over swamps and stuff, you notice herringons are all about. Do but I then, still have advantage on stuff against herringons? <laughs> I think that was for 12 hours, uh, so probably not. Uh, well, I can st- I can still stealth a little bit. When I roll with stealth, we can do that. Been getting some weird vibes that straight up killing everything might backfire on us. From what Sue was saying. Uh, okay, we'll had a few warnings. If our plan's to use the O-Well to sneak in or get around defences, I guess we ought to try and get to it. So we may as well just do just drive love darts right to it and just roll with it and see what happens and pretend that we're meant to be doing it until Jester just kills everybody. Hey, yeah, it sounds but, good. But I'm the one that has to talk to these stupid rabbits because I'm the one with the persuasion or deception skills. We fully support you and trust you in your decision-making. <laughs> Wise decision. You um, would be able to tell from traveling past these rickety bridges that love darts cannot go on these bridges. They're rickety right. and well worn. Oh no, what do we do with love darts? We're going to have to set love dart free. We're close enough to the watcher's pool. Do we just leave no. love dart with the watcher? No, no we leave it with Dean and Malia. Dean and Malia will look after love dart until we come back. Sounds good. All right, so a short trek north. You meet up with Dean Amelio, you hand over love darts. He's all like, yeah, right, whatever. I'll take your snail. No, not take. No, no, no. Just feed him and look after him until we come back. I have him my ice key because he can use that to chill one cubic foot of non-living material for an hour. He can keep his fish cool and fresh. He looks and he's like, right on. And he grabs it and instead of chilling his fish, he just chills his beers. Oh, even better. (laughs) And he tips his hat and bids you adieu. (laughs) Done. Thank you, Tim, for sorting that out reasonably quick. Yeah, it's a good good choice option for him. All right, so you say your goodbyes to Dino Malio and head back towards Brigham's Tollway and you arrive at a foggy marsh stretches out before you. Rickety causeways made of wooden planks form a wide web-like structure above the bog. Many of these causeways converge on an enormous ivy-covered tree stump that rises a good 10 feet above the fog that enshrouds it. In the distance, the causeway towards the northeast leads directly into a hollowed-out section of the stump, which is guarded by a herringon brawler and sniper. To the west of them, two herringon brigands and a sniper can be heard. Their attention is diverted as they jovially chant the Agdon Longscarf tune. Below them, a lone herringon sniper actively keeps a lookout, roughly 80 feet away from your position and west of the herringons that are guarding the entry to the stump. West of them is where the geyser is. Is geyser the O-well? Yeah, sorry. Get it. Oh, that's going to really hurt. Okay. 
don't think we're stealthing through these guys. We can see we come across one Harrigan in the first section, right? We either get to that guy, see how we go with him. If he is difficult, we murder him. Then we move on to the next section where there is a few more. Then we murder all of them. (laughs) (laughs) We could murder all of these ones and wear their skins as a suit. Yeah, I don't know. We could just go out there and talk to it and see what happens. Hey, we're here to fix the O-Well. We're the O-Well inspectors. O-Well inspectors, yeah. I don't know how we roll with this, apart from just going through and just killing shit. Please. It's D&D, so you can do stealth checks and shit. But yeah, yeah. realistically, you got to stealth pass that dude where he's standing on the only place you can stealth pass. Realistically, fucking elves don't exist and rabbit people don't exist. Don't bring realistically <laughs> into this. Uh, he I'm just gonna... has to do a perception check. Maybe he's busy having a smoke and looking the other way. Uh, don't let me or Sue persuade you. If you just want to murder these fucks, don't murder. But I will get you all yeah. well initiative, so decide what you want to do in order. If we could stealthily take out that first guy. All right, I'll do start do stealthing it. up. Yeah, I'll Great. go with him. Cool. Right, so, okay, Give me a stealth check. 15. <laughs> I uh, got a three. Nat <laughs> one, buddy. You didn't get a three. You got a nat one. You guys make it 30 feet, and Stunzi, as you were walking, you step on a loud branch, and all they hear is a, a big crack as this Herringon sniper is alerted to you. He looks over and he goes, what you want, why are you here? And he draws his light crossbow. Hey, we're just here to inspect the O-Well. We were sent by Bav. Give me a deception check. Right, here goes, boys. I'm going to need a nat 20 for this. Oh, nine. He looks at you and says, we don't fucking need the O-Well looked at. Good job, God. I cast Firebolt. Oh, uh, shit. He is before you in the initiative order. So as you start to do the hand gestures or whatever it is you do when before you cast Firebolt, you see he turns around and yells out to the Herringons behind him, alerting them to the action. That's his action. And he will just move his 30 feet to get away. Backwards. Yep, it is your turn now, Stunzi. 85 feet away yeah, he's from you now. Wait, yep, <sighs> I can still hit with my Firebolt. So yeah, that Firebolt. I let go for 17. 17 will hit. Oh, One sh- damage. Jesus. One damage. Cool. <laughs> uh, anything else you want to do? I'll use my bonus action to cast Shillelagh on my staff as well. Great. Jester, you're up as this handgun has a singed ear. Has he seen me? Yes. He has now seen everyone and has raised the alarm. And all the other hairs look like they're going to head this way. Well, I'll just shoot a crossbow at him. There's a 14 hit. Sure does. Bang. Six damage. Six damage is not too shabby. This gone is looking hurt. And I will give a bardic inspiration to Schwangberry. Yeah, inspire him. What do you say? Yeah. Hey, Schwangberry, here is an invitation if you need motivation. That rabbit you should confront because he is a cunt. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. And, and have this bardic inspiration. I mean, I'm inspired uh, both as a fighter and a man. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's my turn. Great. Edgelin, you are up. Sweet. I'm going to fly my 60 feet. So you're 10 feet in the air, just above the causeway, and 45 feet away from this herring gun sniper who is looking real hurt. Uh, 45 feet, so I can throw a dagger, but it will be a disadvantage. We should probably get you one of these guys to light crossbow. 14. 14 will hit. All right, seven damage. Uh, you release a dagger straight through this herring gun's eye, and it collapses on the ground dead. 
But he already alerted everybody else. He has already alerted everyone else, and they are actively moving forward. Shrangberry, it is your turn. All right, with that in mind, can I see and know who this gone up the top here is? That's one of the beefy brawlers. Recognizing that, mm-hmm. I move sort of 20 feet, getting towards the fight a little bit, just a casual stroll. And as I'm doing so, I rub an arrow through my beard uh, and I fire an arrow at the beefy boy with a oh, nine. I will use my buttock now because I feel inspired. I got a two, so it's an 11. 11 will not do it. You shoot an arrow, it whizzes past his head. I shouldn't have showed off with the beard move. It is Jeff's turn. He looks over at you guys. Are, are we just fucking these things up or what are we doing? Fuck them up, bro. Right, roger that. He will, as a bonus action, go invisible. You hear him just flutter past your head, Strangberry, and he's somewhere in the distance. It is now one of the brigands' turn. One of these basic bitch hairy nuns. First, you see each brigand leap 20 feet and then move their allotted 30 feet. And they are all going to rip out the slings and take shots at Edrelin. With disadvantage, the first one closest to you will hit with a 20. At disadvantage, they're all 24 and a 20. Nice. It will hit. Dealing four damage. Are you going to use your monk thing? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, but I can only do it once per turn because it's my reaction. So still pretty cool. It's fucking awesome. Let's fucking do it. It's cool. Peer pressure. Four damage. Yeah. Okay. I reduce it to zero because it's 1d10 plus six. I can spend a key point to throw it back. Oh, with a range of 2060. So be at disadvantage, I guess. Uh, so at the moment, he has slung his rock at you. I, I assume it's a rock in his sling and it's come flying at you and you've just plucked it out of the air. Uh, yeah. Are you just dropping it to the ground or are you throwing it back at him? No, I'll pivot it back. Throw it with disadvantage. Yeah, 10's not going to hit it. 10 and 10. You got to throw back this rock that was going to hit you, but it doesn't even make the distance and plonks in the swamp. The next brigand is going to try and hit you with disadvantage. 17. That hits. Oh, dealing six damage. Okay. Don't for that one. Uh, peer, yeah, peer pressure's never good. And the last one, he misses. Uh, it is now the big beefy guy's turn. He's like, Oi, I'm going to fuck you cunts up. No, no, no. You see him run up on the rickety plank, taking care as he steps, and then just does a big old bunny leap right onto the platform next to the brigand that just attacked Edrelin. And he also produces a sling and will also take it at disadvantage at Edrelin. So he misses with his sling attacks. Next are the two snipers. The sniper guarding the Owell. He sees they're all gangbanging you, Edrelin, and will shoot at you. He rolls in that one and misses the second one. To your right, he's going to shoot at you. Does a 14 hit? Uh, it doesn't. Great. Stuns it. You're right. You see Edrelin is getting bombarded. Uh, yeah, okay. I am going to send a firebolt at the brawler. Go for it. The big beefy dude. With the flick of my wrist, I get a oh, in six. A six ain't going to do it. I'm going to move back a little bit. Back? Jesus. The brawler yeah. looks looks in your direction. He's like, I'm going to fuck you up first, cunt. Where are you going fucking backwards? <laughs> he's coming for us. <laughs> <laughs> you were a fucking tank at the moment. Yeah, I'm not going to be standing in the way of him. <laughs> uh, with that in mind, Jester, get in the way of this big beefy guy because it's your turn. I'm going to cast Fairy Fire on those four right there. For those that don't know what Fairy Fire is, listen to the first 12 episodes because... <laughs> uh, what saved it after that? 
Dex. Cool. So the sniper is going to go. He passes the two brigands. They both fail. Sweet. And the brawler, he rolls a 16. He passes. Great. So now they illuminate bring just the light. I will now step back. I believe you poor Edgelin by himself. Yeah, Edgelin can just fly, <laughs> can fly up higher and whatnot. So that's my turn. Done. Edgelin, you're up. You're getting uh, bombarded by long range attacks from these Heron guns as you're the only yes. one up in their grill. And you're still not even that close. No, I'm not. Yeah, so you still got free movement. You don't have to worry about chimney attacks. Hmm. Um, all right, so I am going to fly in range of the brawler to not roll with disadvantage. Nice. And I'm going to throw my... Did I say dagger before? I meant to say dart. I'm throwing my dart. I think you said dart. No, you said dagger. Yeah, 24 is going to hit this brawler. Four damage. Nice. It's the worst it's a one. Yeah. <laughs> That's all right. Um, and since everyone else is piss bolting, use the rest of my movement to land here. Nice. Bring him into a death trap. Nice. Or, or at least keep them attacking at disadvantage. Not the snipers, but the other one. Shrangberry, your turn. All right. Feeling a little bit embarrassed about missing last time. I just see two Heragons go up bright green and I fire at that closest one with my longbow. 22 to hit. 22 will hit. And so it does 10 piercing damage. He's dead. I just just straight up just shoot this guy in the heart and he dies. All right. He uh, gets shot in the heart and you're to blame. Uh, and Felix gave Love Dart a bad name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he really did. <laughs> <laughs> as, mu- as much as I love that pun. <laughs> that might be a joke of the podcast. It got it's used it. last episode. It's still good. <laughs> it is now Jeff's turn. He will continue on his merry way being invisible until he gets close enough to the Herringon sniper, comes out of invisibility and says, surprise, motherfucker, <laughs> and stabs out with his tiny sword. I like that you made him invisible to us as well. Yeah, I, I don't... I did no, it. Keep us guessing. First time Jeff ever did that, Maka called him a little pussy or something, bitch or something. <laughs> Yeah, I thought he was doing the bolt. Yeah, so now one day he's going to do the bolt and you're not going to know. Um, He stabs out at this sniper, uh, stabbing him in the shoulder, doing a nice amount of damage. And this sniper uh, just in front of Jeff looks real hurt. It is now the brigand's turn. He sees Jeff and he's going to turn and try and whack his club into Jeff. And he has pack tactics. So he gets hit with an advantage. He needs it. Rolls a 20 and deals five damage to Jeff. No, man. Our weakest guy is up there alone. This brawler is going to bunny leap to the plank and then run right up to Edrelin. Oh, no. So he can punch you. 23 will hit, won't it? He will. 12 damage. He rolled pretty well. Now that he hit you, you must succeed on a strength saving throw or be knocked prone. 15. 15. You cop the hit and do not fall flat on the ground. Sweet. It is the sniper's turn. He's going to turn and look at Jeff, rip out a club. He does not have pack tactics, so he's just going to hit normally and swings and misses on old Jeff. Stunzy to paint a picture. In front of Edrelin is the beefy brawler, and in front of Jeff, he has a sniper and a brigand. Jeff is looking a little bit hurt, but not too bad currently. Wait. All right. I will throw a fire bolt at the brawler. 13. That is his AC. That will hit. Or damage. He's looking reasonably hurt. I'm going to move forward. Yeah, I'd actually prefer to be more in this fight. That's my turn. Cool. 
The um, brawler has a singed fur and underneath the singed fur from where you firebolted him, he's looking hurt. Jester, you're up. Sweet. He's looking pretty hurt. I'll run up to him and I will smack him with the uh, rapier. Is it 15, 15? Yes. Five. You get to kill this brawler. Oh, yes. Nice. <laughs> I stabbed the dude in the back while he's fighting Edrill. Great. Nice. Um, he goes down in a heap of shit. I uh, harvest his body for organs. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's sweet. He's going the distance. Uh, no, I can't. I He's love going cake. for speed. Anyway, sweet. Oh, that's, uh, that's my turn. Edrillin. Could hit this guy with a dagger. It would be at advantage. Dart, sorry. I will attack this guy. I get advantage because he's very fired. 20 and 18. So 20. They both will hit. We'll hit five piercing damage. Five damages are not too shabby in this uh, Herringon squeals out in pain. As a bonus action, can I eat a good berry? Sure. Shrunberry, get up. Yeah, I'll try and finish off the heron gone that uh, Edron just attacked with my longbow. A 11. That's a miss, bud. Shrunberry, you miss with your bow attack, uh, leaving Jeff to fight two heron guns all by his lonesome. Guess he's just going to stab out at the uh, fairy fired one. He hits with a 14, dealing seven damage, and he stabs right through this heron gun as he collapses in a heap of shit. As the brigand collapses in a heap of shit, Jeff just giggles. He really enjoying himself. Brigands are dead. Uh, it is only just snipers. The one up in the top left corner is going to come down and do a bunny hop to get in the action and will rip out his longbow and aim it at Jeff. He rolled in that one and misses. His buddy, who is also a sniper, rips out his club. A 14 does not hit Jeff and he swings and misses. And he is going to be a little chicken shit and try and run away. We'll see if Jeff can kill him as the herring gun turns his back. Yep. Uh, Jeff... Uh, sees this herring on turn to go run and just slices off his head and it dies. Nice. Nice work, Jeff. So there is only now one herring on left in this battle and it looks like it is going to do a runner. Stunzi, you're up. I will roll firebolt at him as he turns tail or 15. Uh, yeah, 15 will hit. Oh, 10 damage. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Kill this sniper. Nice. Right. <laughs> Oh, beautiful. It just, I just aim for the back of his head. It's more of an impact than a, than a penetration. Yeah, great. It um, blows his skull out and his brains blow out everywhere. You guys have bested the Heron Gons in this fight. Edrilin, see if you can loot a light crossbow from one of these <laughs> Paragons. That'll be a good idea. It does a lot more range than your darts will. True. Yeah, that'd be handy. Sweet. Uh, as you finish this fight, you feel the wind around you uh, go a little bit cooler and it kind of carries a rotten stench on it. Uh, I might take Jester's advice and see if I can grab a crossbow from the snipers or whatever. Yeah, cool. Give me a investigation or perception check to see if you can find one laying on the ground. That's not good. Yeah, a six is fine. (laughs) You find a light crossbow and some bolts. Great. So did everyone give Jeff and Edrelin good berries? I love or... a generous DM. Yeah. 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 So Jeff went up four. Okay. So he's one health off full health. Cool. Yeah. And then uh, Edrelin had four and I've still got two left for an emergency. Cool. So yeah, now you are faced with a fork in the road. Left of the fork is towards Owell. To the right is towards the big tree stump. I want to say that yeah. the big tree stump sounds like an Australian tourist attraction. 
<laughs> yeah. I think we stick with the original plan. What we should do? Should we throw the rabbits in the in the water? Okay. No, the pub will come uh, grab them. Yeah, we want to make it easy for the pub. Yeah. Yeah, but what if the pub doesn't come grab them early enough? Your theory is someone comes looking for them. Instead of finding them dead on the path, if they find them dead floating in the water, that's better. No, no. If we cut them open, then they'll they'll sink. I dig it. That's what you got to do with car. Yep. Mm. All right. Let's pop the Herogon swim bladders and throw them in the water. <laughs> yeah, you can do that. <laughs> Sweet. We'll do that. <laughs> yeah. I get Jester to teach me, and then I join him in doing so. Great. As you cut open these uh, Herogons. <laughs> chuck them into the lake uh you notice the ugly weeds and thorns start sprouting where these dead bodies lay yeah right okay oh look we're feeding the native flora that's nice there is a rotting stench in the air as well not from the guys you just killed is there much more of these weeds elsewhere uh mostly where you just killed the dudes yeah right. oh, tim has a theory about what's going on but Trangberry doesn't <laughs> yeah same stunty doesn't give a damn you can do an investigation or perception if you or a Karna check if you want to try and figure out what's going on. Uh, I might. Yeah, I'll see how perceptive I am too. I did a nine. Never mind. Ignore me. We know fuck all. <laughs> I got four. <laughs> we don't know shit. Oh, Edrilla knows the most. Stunzi with an 11 and Edrilla with a 15. You know damn well that the Carnival and the Feywild are connected by emotions and good and bad deeds and this is a indicator that you are doing wrong in the Feywild. Wild. Uh-oh. Right, so Stunzi knows that now. <laughs> I already knew that. Now Stunzi does. Great. Aren't weeds good? Not these ones. Fine, just to juxtapose uh, what had happened. Before you started murdering and gutting open people, uh, <laughs> birds were chirping merrily nearby and a gentle breeze carried a sweet scent. Those are no longer happening. Do you yeah. remember the rules of the Feywild? Rule of hospitality, rule of ownership, and rule of reciprocity. So Tim's as dumb as Schwangberry. He doesn't quite understand which one of those he's breaking by just killing people. Yeah. Is it the hospitality yeah. one? Uh, Especially because uh, they attacked when they just saw Stunzi walk They did not road. just attack. It's not our house, so we don't have to be hospitable. Well, like Sue said, there's no real good and evil here. Everything exists in a grey. So, you don't know, like, killing isn't evil. It's uh, fun. <laughs> You can twist and turn it as much as you like. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's how Stunzi would feel anyways. Like, well, yeah, there's no good and evil here, so it's not like I have to feel bad about doing something evil. Well, there is good. Because um, only according to us and our concepts of good and evil, that's not from here. That's a, that's a, uh, that's a great way of thinking mm-hmm. about things. You're from a different country. It's like you going to a line and saying, you shouldn't eat the wildlife. Got it. Are we the Americans? <laughs> oh, yeah. man. So, hello to all our Yang friends oh. out there. Great. All right. All right. Let's yeah, get back on track. Now? Do you want to head to the OL or do you just want to go to the big stump? Let's go to the OL. Great. You walk across the rickety planks carefully. Uh, fun fact, if you ran across them, you would have to do a dexterity check to see if you fall in or not because they are rickety as fuck. Yeah, so you come across an OL. It is a corrupted OL, so it is spewing out uh, this gross swamp water. There are no will-o'-wisps floating around it, so there is no trinkets to be gained. All right, you have to read out the keyword to cleanse this well. Geyser. Okay, so <laughs> upon saying the word yeah. geyser, you tip out the decanter and it produces 30 gallons of purified water that gushes out 30 feet long and one foot wide, purifying this geyser. 
it just becomes purified with all this fresh, clean, pure water going in it and it becomes stable and lovely and you still have to kind of swim down into it because it's still full of water, but um, it is no longer gross swamp water. It is a secret tunnel if you so wish to use it. Do we wish? Cool. Uh, proceed to do so. Everyone else going to follow along? Yeah. We're in. Yep. Jumping in. <laughs> cool. Uh, you go down the oval and get flushed down this giant toilet. <laughs> G'day, it's Chris, your DM. We hope you are enjoying listening to Roll for Stupid. If you are, we'd love it if you could take a moment to subscribe and review us on your favorite streaming platform. While you're there, check out these podcasts. Do you like stories with world building? We're in the Bermuda Triangle. <laughs> Comedy? It was a rough birthday for Scrawn. Oh no, it's birthday! Drama? You need to ask my brother to leave. He is not here to be productive. Oh, you don't have to ask me to leave. Heartbreak? What are you talking about? I'm gay. I thought so too. Wonderful. A somewhat DND podcast every other Wednesday, wherever you get podcasts. <laughs> oh, God. It's canon. Rip and peace, Himroy. Okay, you find a bunch of arrows, and... will simply do what he always does with unexpected arrows. I'll use Gust of Wind to blast them straight up in the air, then wait to see how many of them my companions can dodge. The current record is most. Mog steps back and looks around and goes, Anyone want to play darts? Mad Maven needs one of those arrows really bad. I've got some lamb stew stuck in my teeth. Those dwarves, man. I mean, they're good cooks and everything, but boy, it was a little grisly. Oh, thank you. He's going to grab an arrow in each hand, go into rage, and look for somebody to stab. Uh, Bramble's going to pick up a bunch of arrows to add to their stash, and then they're going to turn, catch Flambe's eye, and go, Oh, no, you don't! Don't you even think about doing that! Oh, I'm going to break an arrow into a pin link and start writing this shit down. Nobody's going to believe it. You want to do what? The podcast where Dungeons and Dragons sometimes happens. Find us on Spotify. Cool. You traverse down the toilet chute and eventually pop the uh, cap of the tunnel and end up in what looks like being a supply room. The room is cluttered with weapons and other supplies, some haphazardly placed, others moderately organized. A few pieces in particular are placed on wooden pedestals in an effort to make their unimpressive models look important. Can I stealthily have a look around just to make sure there's no one else in the room? Uh, I got a 17 on my stealth check. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're stealthily walking around having a look at the job and there's seemingly no one else in this room. So there's the door. door to the west and the north. Yeah. I walk over. Yeah, what kind of weapons we got? You can roll a d8. Oh, Jesse was looking. I'll let him. Roll a solid eight. Nice. You rifle through some cupboards and find a potion of healing. Does it look no. like it's belonging to anyone? It's in a supply room. Yeah, we need supplies. Mate, I feel like murdering someone viciously is worse than stealing. <laughs> <laughs> Can I have a look through as well? Roll a D8. Yeah, three. You find a light crossbow and two plus one bolts. I say, nice. hey, Adrian, these bolts look pretty cool, and I'll leave them where they are. I take them. Nice. Great. This is riveting. Um, Brendan, Lewis, you guys, <laughs> what do you guys want to do? 
<laughs> yeah, we're here. Oh, you guys are just exploring. Yeah, I was just trying to figure out which door we're going to go through. Door number one or door number two? Yeah, there is a door to the southwest and one just above you to the north. I'll, I'll jump down here to the south. Yeah, are you going to go through the door or do you want to listen through the door? What would you like to do? Yeah, I'll listen first before going in. Make sure I'm not going to barge in on anyone. Great, you put your ear up to the door and give me a perception check. Oh, nice. 22. Uh, you hear two voices. Uh, sounds like they are playing Wild Jack. Oh, Sandwich Rainberry. Okay. Yeah, I won't go in there yet. I reckon go up and listen to the other door first. You hear showing where his knuckles flex. <laughs> give me a perception check. <laughs> oh, man, that bounced off the wall. Uh, you can hear, even with a 10, uh, faint sounds of snoring. Uh, so, yeah, I'll uh, just come over here and quietly inform these two that there are people down in the bottom and a sleeper up there. There's people sleeping? Mm. They're yep. easy to murder when they're sleeping. Look <laughs> at us. You just get a waft of rotting flesh. <laughs> yeah, yeah Stunzi, um after noticing the decay from killing, is a lot more hesitant. Yeah, no, we're good. Well, if they're sleeping, can we just barricade the door from the outside? Uh, well, the question is, do you want to barricade the door where there are people are awake or where there are people are asleep? I guess the real yeah, question no, is, do we want to go either. through to where they're sleeping and stealth it? Or do we just walk in on a gambling den and be like, sup, bros? Yeah, because there's nothing to say that we're not meant to be here, right? Yeah. We can just knock on the door and be like, hey, what's up? Oh, wow, Jack, beautiful. Let's play. Yeah, they sound like they're having fun. Let's just sneak through the sleeping quarters. I'm okay to sneak if you guys want to sneak. I will follow the plan. Let's sneak through the sleeping quarters. Sneak through the sleeping quarters it is. Trying to open the door quietly. Right. 30 is not bad. You can see as you crack open the door a little bit, at least three herringons are sleeping in bed. Yeah, right. But they're all asleep. So you can see probably about three. You think they're sleeping. Okay. Well, you guys go over first. I'll go last in case I do set them up. Maybe Adrian, stick your head in there and see what we're dealing with. I'll poke my head in. There it is. You poke your head in and you get a clearer look at the uh, room. To the left side of the room, uh, you see nine beds in the sleeping quarters. The room is quite dim and light snores of four herringons are disturbing the otherwise peaceful space. A patchwork of stolen decor is prominently on display. Each mismatched bedspread, a widely different color than the next. Rugs stained with muddy prints muffle your steps as you enter. They do not wake. There is a door at the far side of the room. Hey, so we don't need to all be walking through. Someone can go and check the door. Yeah. Yeah, Adrian, you got this. this. Yeah. I'll roll another stealth check to go and check the door. Great, great, great. 23. Nice. Nice. You tiptoe all the way through white as a mouse. The tulips. And check this door, which is locked. Can I hear anything on the other side? Give me a perception check. Oh, fuck. <laughs> that one. All you can hear is this beefy herring gun that's sleeping right next to you. I cover his face with a pillow to shut him up. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Roll no, a smother sh- check. <laughs> yeah. I can't hear anything, so do we want to, I don't know, any lock picking tools or anything? The door is locked, but made of rotting wood, if that helps. You see if you can push through it. I'll come in. 18. Yeah, you quite as a mouse sneak up to where Edgeline is. Nice. You need something that you would be able to pick a lock with. See I'm going to die. They have to treat us well, remember. So if we wake them up, we would consider this where they live. So they have to treat us with hospitality. Yeah, but they haven't been. We've been out in the wild and we've attacked them. But we're in yeah. their home now. 
every time. What do you mean? Yeah. What do you mean so every time? Attack them last attack time. Yeah, no, this last first. time, I did. Every time. Yeah. You attack first. I do. First, our uh, good initiative. Let's try and pick the lock. Sure. Can I use two darts? They're pretty different. You can attempt to. I'm Go quietly confident. Oh, no. <laughs> I rolled a five. <laughs> nice. You didn't say if it failed. Um, you failed by more than five. Oh, uh, yes. So you hear for what the fuck's going on? And as a bonus to that, you see that this door opens in front of you, revealing. I've suddenly realized why Nish introduced every episode as if you're offended by dodgy decision making. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah, true. Maybe that wasn't as presumptuous as I thought. Yeah, I know. He knows us too well. We should have just gone and gambled with those dudes in the bottom room. With a dramatic flourish, the door opens in front of you all, revealing a devilishly handsome brown and white herringon who wears a vibrant 15-foot-long bright blue scarf. In one hand, the figure holds a blazing branding iron, while the other grips a small round shield. He smiles widely with a cunning grin and says, Welcome! to my humble abode. I'm sure you've heard lots about me. I am the one, the only, Prince of Prismere himself, Agdon Longscarf. It's a pleasure for you to meet me, I'm sure. And that's where we're gonna end this session. Damn! (laughs) I'm gonna get branded, aren't I? Everyone turns around and touches his toes. (laughs) If you were the last Roll for Stupid is Brennis Dunsey, Dennis Felix, Lawsa Zedrelin, Macker is Jester, Tim is Schwangberg, and I'm your DM Chris. Our intro song is If You Were God by Wild Meadows. If you liked what you heard, please like and follow us on social media and make sure you listen to the end for some extra content. Cheers! Before I have my turn, can I just say, when you're editing the podcast, can you please cut out that clip of Macca saying it wasn't me and make a shaggy video like Brennan was singing? That wasn't me. 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 That wasn't me.